Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We've been going through this morning our Supercoach draft team. We'll be going through that for the rest of the day as well. But something else I just wanted to uh, give you a quick review of is the Penrith Panthers. They dropped a documentary in the last few days, uh, narrated by the great Mick Fanning, uh, called All the Way. And it's the uh, it's the Panthers' journey to back-to-back premierships. Uh, a really interesting watch. There's three episodes there. I've only watched the first two, so uh, I'll give you my review of the first episode right now, and then hopefully episode two will be able to do a little bit later today, and then obviously Tuesday we have all of our Bloke in a Bar content broken down for you guys, so Wednesday will, and that'll give me time to watch the third part as well, uh, and I'll be reviewing the other part on Wednesday. So, quite a bit to get stuck into with this Panthers uh, documentary, and first of all, shout out to the Penrith Panthers and NRL on 9, or Channel 9, who whoever's running it. Um, I, I think we need more of this stuff. I think it's fucking unreal. Uh, I had someone comment on something the other day going, oh, the Roosters went back-to-back. We didn't get this sort of fanfare. And it's like, you should have. Why the fuck wouldn't you be recording every single thing you possibly can when you're going for back-to-back premieres? I said on Bloke and Bar the other day, I personally think that every single club should just have the, the, the cameras rolling all the time to document what's going on. Can you imagine if we had a documentary of the 05 Tigers and how that all played out? It would be fucking amazing. And I think that this is another classic example of us being 20 years behind the NFL constantly. They've got cameras rolling all the fucking time and they capture everything. And I think it's worth having. I really do. Because you're able to produce this sort of content. You've got the Dolphins. Thank God someone was smart enough to have a camera rolling there the entire time. The Dawn of the Dolphins, that's coming out in a couple of weeks. I believe that one's on stand. I cannot wait for that one. I think they might be coming on as a sponsor on the podcast, potentially. Uh, so like, I just I just think we need more of this in rugby league, and I think it's unreal by the Penrith Panthers. I think it also fits in with their swagger. I know a lot of fans and everything will be like, oh, don't do it, you're getting too cocky, whatever. Fuck, content is content, and your fans want it at the end of the day, and your fans are keen to see what happens regardless. I mean, it's all good and well that the Panthers have won, and now they put it out personally, and I think it'll be more normalised as time goes on. I think it's more entertaining when things go wrong, when things go against you. This was the most entertaining part of this Penrith Panthers 
Panthers thing for me is when they had to overcome adversity, which there was a couple throughout this story. But I just think we need to see more of this in rugby league. You go back to the 2020 Origin Series. I mean, imagine if we had that all on tape to watch Wayne Bennett just sprinkle his magic dust in the biggest upset in Origin history. I just think it'd be unbelievable. Watching Cam Smith's last season in 2020 when the Melbourne Storm was, you know, living up there in a hotel, I reckon that would have been unreal. Imagine if you documented for each team, they just had the camera on that entire time during COVID. Can you imagine in 20, 30 years' time, uh, people are going to look back on that and there's going to be people that are going to be my age that weren't even alive for the, the COVID period or were too young to remember it. And then you could show them that, hey, all the NRL teams were living in a couple of hotels together and this is the shit that went on. This is what happened. It was Cam Smith's last year. Panthers were on the rise. Like, I just, I think it would be, it would have been a tremendous thing. And I, I hope this becomes a more normal thing. I think that every single team should have the cameras rolling the entire time uh, just in case something special happens. And even if it doesn't, your fans would love to see that behind-the-scenes stuff. I think it's unreal. So shout-out to the Penrith Panthers for going ahead and doing this. I think it's great. Uh, when you have a look at that first episode of All The Way, uh, obviously Mick Fanning, he's introduced at the start. He's the narrator. I think he's the perfect guy for it. He's unreal, Mick Fanning. And you have a look at, you know, they, they talk about 1991, 2003. So they talk about the history of the Penrith Panthers and the area, which is really nice. It only goes for a couple of minutes, but it's really effective to start. Obviously, one in 1991 had to wait a number of years till 2003 came around and then had to wait a number more years until 2021 came around. And I, th- I think it's just nice to link all that in, the history of this club that they've been around for so long. They only had two premierships. All of a sudden, they've got four premierships now, which is simply incredible. So I really like that sort of angle of it that they introduced, that they didn't overplay the history. It was more about the modern guys, but they just laid a really good base for people that, you know, potentially don't know much about rugby league or haven't really or don't know enough about the Penrith Panthers either. Um, they talk about the grand final loss of the Melbourne Storm. They sort of go through that. And there was a couple of quotes that stood out to me from Ivan Cleary. Uh, and, and as I've said to you guys a number of times, there's a number of quotes from after that game that didn't feature in this uh, in this bit of content, but that I think was really important from Jerome Lewine stuff. But uh there was a quote there from Ivan that said it's part of the journey. And this is he's sitting in the change room after the game with his Penrith Panthers, uh, sitting there going, you know, it's part of the journey. Uh, and this is straight after the grand final loss. And, you know, there's the old saying, you've got to lose one to win one. And it's not always correct, but I think that there is something about it. I think that even, like, you might not have to lose a grand final to win one, but most teams... They have to overcome bitter disappointment to be able to win, win a premiership, you know, in the years leading up to that. You go through just about every side, or the vast majority of sides, they've lost a grand final or lost a prelim final in the leads, in the years leading up to premierships. I thought it was it was a really cool thing to look back on what he said. The other thing that said that uh, Ivan Cleary said is that, like, it's lit a fire in this side. And I think that that term fire is something that we... We hear a lot of throughout this this show, which I think is very interesting, whether it's saying that lit a fire or putting fuel on the fire, whatever it is. I think it's an Ivan Cleary thing, and I think you hear the players say it a number of times, and it is a very common saying, but I just thought it was interesting that that was evident in 2020, and still to this day, I think it's still pretty evident that, that they sort of use that term. So I thought it was really cool to look back on the 2020 Grand Final, get a bit of a behind-the-scenes, and also just to see Ivan Cleary's t- you know t- temperament in the in the change rooms. Like, we're seeing more and more of it now, but it's when they're high-flying and they're winning premierships and everything's going on. When they're losing premierships, I thought it was really good to see. We sort of then got into the body of it, and it was, it was Matt Cameron, who's the CEO of Rugby League at the Penrith Panthers, talking about the sort of club that they are, and this is the quote that stood out to me. It's a community-based club. We strive to be a source of community pride, and I think it really is what the Penrith Panthers have built themselves on. There's another bit where you know Ivan's talking, and he mentions community pride once again, and he talks about when he first came to the Panthers, 
you know, you could walk around Penrith and you wouldn't really see too many Panthers jerseys. You'd see a lot of Parramatta jerseys, et cetera. And now he's like, now it's completely different because everyone's got that pride in their community. And I think you can really see that in your Brian Toes, your Critters, your Jerome Lewis, these sort of guys that they just, they, they're proud and they love where they're from. And I think it's a really important thing that the Penrith Panthers have built. And I think that every side should be trying to do that. And I'm not saying that other teams don't, but I just think what Penrith have done and how they've transformed it over the last few years, um, I think it's been incredibly impressive just how proud everyone is at Penrith to be from Penrith, uh, which I don't think it has been the case throughout the history of the Penrith Panthers, realistically. So I think that, that that was a that was a theme that really stood out to me in the first episode that I absolutely loved, and I think credit needs to go to Ivan Cleary and these Panthers boys, because that's the other thing as well. Like, they have been involved in this community so much. They have been a representative of, of their community the entire time, involved in everything, even to the point, like, a couple of years ago when they won the comp, Dane Laurie sitting in a car with his Panthers jersey on celebrating grand final night. He was the West Tigers fucking fullback at that point. Uh, like, I, I just think that sort of says it all about what, you know, Matt Cameron, Brian Fletcher, and those sort of guys have built out there at the Penrith Panthers. Um, so c- community pride was a big thing that I kept on hearing that I loved. Uh, Ivan Cleary talking about the hunger and how keen they are and they wanted to get back. So obviously after losing that 2020 grand final, getting all the way back. And I, I also thought that, I loved how throughout it, it was so evident that this team, they just have a winning mentality and it's all about finals footy, yeah? The regular season matters, but it's all about just where you place yourself and then you need to play your best four weeks of footy. And I love that the Panthers have that mindset, like the Roosters have that mindset, the Melbourne Storm have that mindset. And I think that once you have that mindset of, we know we're going to be in the top eight, we just have to set ourselves up in the right spot and just start to lay down um, the groundwork of the team that we are, lay down the foundations of the team that we are because quite often what you do in the regular season, it is reflected in finals. And it's those little one percent, as you can tell, the Panthers just want to nail those down. And then it's four weeks. It's probably three games that they need to win to win the premiership. And I just, I love... I love that mentality that, oh, we're not looking to make the eight. We're not looking to be a top four team. We're looking to win a fucking comp. We're going to set ourselves up in the first 26 weeks. We're going to tape it for that back end, and we're going to go all in on those three or four weeks, which I just love to see um, that mentality there. Uh, Now, the way that this whole thing worked is that episode one, it sort of took you through the last two years in the history of the Panthers a little bit, but the main focus was on the first game of the finals, which was the Battle of the West game. Uh, obviously, against the Parramatta Eels, this is in 2022. Uh, this is when they're going for the back-to-back. So they spoke about 2021. Um, they spoke about 2020. Now we're in 2022. We're at the first week of the finals. They're minor premiers, uh, and, and they're taking on the Parramatta Eels, their arch rivals. And I just... The other thing I loved about this was that you got to hear a lot more of James Fisher-Harris, which as a um, as a normal fan, we, we don't hear too much from Fish. I mean, we heard him obviously in the grand final celebrations. That got a lot of attention. But it lo- And it, he seems like a guy that doesn't say much, but when he talks, people listen. I thought it was really good to give his perspectives, to get his perspectives um, on the Penrith Panthers and where they're going and about certain games. And I just love this quote fr- from the Fish, and this is what you want your front row to say. They, you know, they ask him about the Parramatta Eels, Battle of the West, and he just said, we just don't like each other. And it's spot on. It's 100%. That's what, that's what footy should be like. You are arch rivals. I think it's fantastic. They had a little flashback to throughout the season. You've got to remember that Parramatta, they, they actually beat the Penrith Panthers earlier in the season. Uh, then they played them again, and that was the game that Nathan Cleary got sent from the field. So Parramatta had beaten them twice that year leading into that game. And I think there was a stat that, you know, Nathan Cleary in the last two seasons, he'd played like 40 games or something, and he'd only lost five, and three of them were against Parramatta. So um, they were pretty red hot at this point. This was, once again, when 
when Nathan Cleary got sent off, uh, and you know Parramatta obviously ran over the top of Penrith after that, they played sixty minutes with one extra man. You heard that quote, that line once again from Ivan. This is going to fuel the fire. They're like this is going to fuel our fire. Next time we play these guys, they were up and celebrating, enjoying themselves in this game. We're down and out again. Nath obviously got sent from the field. That make life very very difficult. He's going to have five weeks out. Then he's going to come back. And of course, this is the game he came back for. So I love hearing that quote once again. Fuel the fire. Um, I, th- I think it was sort of a bit of an unspoken theme for this Panthers side. Um, he had five weeks out, Nathan Cleary, and another James Fisher-Harris quote that I absolutely loved. Uh, they asked him about uh, about Nathan Cleary when he was returning, and he just simply said, um, that, that guy's the prince. He's the best seven in the game. And just the confidence that he speaks about Nathan Cleary with, I think it's incredible. Obviously, they call him the Prince of Penrith, but just to flat out say, It'll be fine. He's the best seven in the game. I back him 100%. I absolutely love that. And the way that Fisher-Harris says it, you can tell he believes it. He's not just saying it to, to, to back his mate. He believes it. He genuinely believes that he's got the best seven in the game, and I agree with him. Uh, they then had, you know, the grounds manager. He, he was discussing the field, which was an interesting chat, how, how they were talking about all that. Good to see that sort of stuff that you don't really think about week to week and to see a bit of that. Um, they had some of the massage rooms where they had a camera in the corner and it showed Liam Martin just being a fucking pest, carrying on a treat. Great to see that perspective. You see Liam Martin as this... You know, tough hombre on the edge. I would almost assume that during the week he doesn't say too much, but this is what you don't get to see in footy clubs. Who's the pest? Who never shuts up? And Liam Martin certainly was certainly one of those guys. So I thought that was really good to see. Um, I, I saw that th- there was one meeting they had, and Cameron Serraldo was leading this one. And uh, at one point, he sort of he opened the floor and he looked at them and he sort of went, "Oh, you know, it's all about." the one percenters that we need to get right. He goes, Appy, can you take it for me? And Appy talks, the whole room goes silent and just listens to him talk. And if I was a West Tigers fan, I'd be very excited about that. And he talks about the real one percenters that they have to get right. And this is what their game's built on. There was kick chase, uh, obviously kick pressure, uh, all that sort of stuff that I just thought was great in a team meeting when you've got, you know, some of the greatest players in the game that Serato just goes, hey, Appy, can you lead this for me, mate? And he lays down the platform. So for West Tigers fan, I, I'd be really excited about that. I wouldn't have imagined. I thought it would have been Isaiah Yo every single time or Nathan Cleary. But to hear him throw to Appy, which, I mean, it, it makes sense. It just probably wasn't what I was anticipating, to be honest with you. So I, I really enjoyed that, seeing that. Uh, they built up a little bit about... Brian To'o, he was going up against Micah Sivo in that game, in that game, talking about uh, you know how hard that challenge would be. But I love the front rowers. I fucking love the front row chat they did. Obviously, Fisher-Harris, Leota going up against Junior Bolo and Regan Campbell-Gillard. I love that. Uh, and James Fisher-Harris, once again, doesn't say much, but when he says things, it matters. He, and he sort of said, you know, I don't say much out there because it would be overkill because you've got Nathan Cleary, Isaiah, you know, these great talkers. So Fish just pretty much said, I don't need to say too much, but when I do... I'll make sure that I've got something to say that matters, you know? And I just, I love that. Another quote, whatever the team needs, we got to do it. So he knows that his role isn't to be the biggest voice out there. He knows that he has to lead with aggression and just be a fucking maniac out there. And, mate, I I, I, I think one thing I took from this is just how important James Fisher-Harris is to this side. Like, you always knew he was the alpha, but we don't get to hear him talk too much. And when you hear his voice in this podcast, you sort of sit there and go, oh, fuck. This guy is not to be screwed with, eh? Like, he sounds like he could murder you in your sleep, which I just absolutely loved. Um, I love Ivan at the captain's run. Uh, a very simple quote when talking about Parramatta, and I, I think it's completely fair. You might say it's arrogant or whatever. I don't think it is. I just think it's confident. If we play our best, I don't think they can beat us. 
And I absolutely love that. And it's 100% true. If the Penrith Panthers play to their best, they cannot be beaten by the Parramatta Eels. You saw it in the grand final. Uh, obviously, the regular season, it didn't quite play out as we hoped. Uh, but, you know, I, I just think that that was so perfect that if we do everything right, if we play our best game, they will not beat us. And I 100% agree. I loved after that. Um, they all came in, and it was uh, the, the call was ruthless on three. One, two, three, and they all screamed ruthless, which I think just sums up. This Penrith side, and this is what I loved about this show as well, that then all of a sudden it took a big flip. Yeah, and they took us to a few months before to the great town on the New South Wales South Coast, Kiama, where they went down for a little team camp. If you've never been to Kiama, they've got one of the best footy ovals in the world, in my opinion. It's right on the water there. Pristine field. It's fucking unreal. I was I was in Kiama on the weekend. It's the fucking best. That's where we did our draft weekend. Great spot to go to. And the Panthers had a little trip down there, and they – um. I'm sure you've all heard about this. They they went to the movies during that time. They went and saw Maverick, uh, the Top Gun re- remake, and they that was the theme of their of their season after that. So they all had nicknames like in Maverick, and they had to remember each other's names, and that became their thing for the rest of the year. That you you never leave each other's side, you back each other in all the time, and you know so, some of the examples. And it's interesting. Like I didn't think about it till, till the other day, but you know Nathan Cleary when he sunk that goal the other day and pointed at his veins. I know they didn't end up winning that game but they called him the Iceman because he's got ice in his veins. Um, kick out. He, he was the judge because he's the guy that connects and makes the decisions between the outside backs and the forwards. Isaiah Yo, because of his long limbs, they were calling him Octopus. And uh, Liam Martin, because he's such a fucking pest, they were calling him Rash, which I absolutely loved. And you could really tell that this theme, it played out throughout the entire season. And it becomes a little bit more relevant later on as well. But you could tell, you know, Cameron Serrato, he stood up and he handed everyone their nicknames and everything. And everyone remembered it. And it's just just good culture. Everyone brought into it, which is what you want. I'll, I'll talk about it more when we're talking about episode two and three, because I think they become more and more um, relevant. But I think if you're a Canterbury fan, watching the way that Cam Serraldo, the respect that he has and the way that he deals with these guys, uh, I think you should be very, very excited about getting him into your system. We then flash back to the Battle of the West, which was great to see. It sort of took us to Kiama, bit of a change up, laid a bit of a platform for the theme of their year and then came back. Um, and this game, you know, it's a Battle of the West. It's not just a normal game. We heard that saying once again, fuel the fire. Um, and, you know, all live and clearing the boys were talking about pre-game was uh, the basics are so important. Our contacts and our effort plays, our contacts are going to be super important against this side. We've got a big pack. They're going to come at us. And I remember watching this game, and there was just a huge moment there where the Parramatta Eels, they forced a line drop out. Uh, Penrith, Nathan Cleary did one of his kicks where he tries to find touch. Two bounces, it sat up. Will Pensini knocked it back in. And, you know, that could have been a huge turning point if that ball went out. Penrith get the ball back. He knocks it back into Gutho, I think. Gutho gives it straight to Junior Paul, and he's charging up. And, of course, on that play, big contact from James Fisher-Harris. He loses the ball. And you could just see the entire Penrith side, they just stood up straight away. You saw the emotion on all of them, how excited they were for it. Um yeah, it was really cool to see. I, I thought it was unreal, you know. Uh, and then you had, um, there was a Simbining. Uh, who was it? It was Tiny May. He got sent from the field. And you could just see I, Ivan Cleary straight away went, okay, how am I going to deal with this? And I think this is the beauty of what you see with Ivan. And a lot of people have been sending me messages over the last few weeks about, you know, at the Panthers, who's playing where, who's standing where and trial, at trials and at training and all this stuff. And I just think it was so evident in this moment that Ivan, he has a plan A, B, C, D, and E, that as soon as Tiny May went off, he jumped on the radio and said, Stephen Crichton's coming to left wing, Isaiah Yo, he's the four man, he's the three man, he's the two man, he's this man. Like, he just had it all worked out in a split second. And I, and I, uh, and I reckon the Panthers boys knew exactly what he was going to do as soon as that Simbin happened. So just showed what he can do. And I love the attitude 
a quote from Nathan Cleary that when Tiny May got 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 sent off in a in a semi final for ten minutes, the quote was, "Let's turn the twelve man disadvantage into an advantage and win this period." And they did win that period. And I think it's such a good mindset. You straight away go, "Oh, we're down to twelve. Just survive this period." But the killer instinct, the winning attitude of the Penrith Panthers said, fuck this, we're going to turn this huge disadvantage into an advantage by going to another level and beating this side in this 10-minute period with 12. And, you know, that's so important. Yeah, just after that, um, and I, I sort of thought there was a bit more to this, but it didn't sound like there was from Nath Cleary. Mitch Moses, just before halftime, he misses a shot at field goal. And Nath goes down there and kicks it. And I remember watching it live going, oh, I reckon Nath did that on purpose to get in Moses' head a little bit just to show him, hey, whatever you want to do, we can do it better. It actually didn't seem that way, um, to be fair, when Nath was talking about it. He just sort of said, oh, look, I saw Mitch do it. He missed it. I thought, you know what, that's not a bad play. This game is going to be close. So, um, yeah, and then the halftime speech was very simple from Ivan. It wasn't panic station. What going on? He just said, we've got to get into our rhythm. That's all we've got to do. we just got to do the basic things right. And I think that's... The biggest thing to take away from all this, we constantly think the Penrith Panthers, they're reinventing the wheel there. They're doing unbelievable things. So much of what they do is just built on doing the basics right, which I thought was really, really interesting. And like, it makes sense, but you would think at that halftime when they're, they're playing Parramatta, they're up by one point. You know, they're, they're, they've got all these set plays, all these trick things to do. It's just, hey, do the simple shit right and we will win this game of footy, which is what the great teams do. Um, after that, you obviously had Nath Cleary in the second half. He just picked Wonga Blake apart. Uh, he dropped balls everywhere. There was a moment there where Mitch Moses, I think he got a HIA and he had to come from the field. He was a little bit dazed, so he had to come off. And straight away, you see Ivan Cleary grab the mic and go, get James Fisher-Harris back on now. Get him on the field. So you get your big alpha on. As soon as there's blood in the water, that's when you strike. Mitch Moses leaves the field. James Fisher-Harris goes back on. Um, and it was sort of a done deal after that. They really broke it open. Penrith, that was the game where Isaiah Yo got it on sort of the left-hand side of the sticks. He turns Nathan Cleary under him, which drags uh, Clint Gutherson across the field, and then he kicks it to the right-hand side of the sticks uh, to find uh, Dylan Edwards. And it was, it was great to see that in this documentary they included the clip from training where they'd practice that. And they and, and you can see at the scrum when Mitch Moses is dazed and everything, you see Nath Curry walk over to Dill Edwards. And I, I think they said, you know, we had an idea we wanted to do it. And if we got the right look, we'd do it. And of course, it comes off straight away and they pull it off perfectly. It couldn't have worked out better. And it's crazy. Like you sit there and you go, fuck, Gutho, he did the exact right thing. He tracked along with the ball but that was a try that they decided they were going to score two weeks before that on tape. And, you know, when, when, eventually when, when it does happen and Dylan Edwards scores. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Gutho is about 30 centimetres away from the ball, but that's the difference in games like this. That's the difference in the NRL, that if you're 30 centimetres out of position, you're, you're a mile out of position. That's the reality of it. When you're dealing with guys like Nathan Cleary, that's how it works. It just shows you how cutthroat it all is. Um, they obviously went went on to score a few tries. Nate scored a few and whatnot. 
Um, Taylor May, he got injured at the back end of this game, though, and that sort of was a big theme of Episode 2, which I thought was really interesting, the the Tiny May uh, situation there. And we'll talk about that more in Ep 2, but that was a big focus later. But I love the quote after this game. Battle of the West, they've got the week off, they're celebrating in the sheds, uh, which is all good. Celebrate, enjoy the moment. And then the quote after that, I'm not sure who it was, whether it was Ivan or Nath. I'm pretty sure it was Nath, just pretty much said, look, we haven't achieved anything yet, really. We haven't achieved anything. This isn't what we wanted to achieve. We we wanted to win week one. But that's not our end goal. Stephen Crichton said the same thing, job's not done. Jerome Lewis said the same thing, job's not done. And that's that winning attitude. But they know where they want to be. They're not there at the moment, but they know where they want to be. Episode two is a really interesting one as well. I'll go through that hopefully a little bit later today. You obviously had the Taylor May injury. Um, a heap going on there. They had the week off. So how they spend that week off, which I think is really interesting to see behind the scenes of that. When do you time your run to get ready for a game in 12 days? How do you how do you structure it? Do you have a few days off? Do you keep the boys together? Do you go into camp? What do you do? Very, very interesting to see how they handled this situation. That's all coming up in our Ep2 review, which I'm hoping uh, I'll be able to get out this afternoon to you guys. But this one, NRL on 9 or 9 or whatever the fuck it is. The app uh, for 9, I forget what it's called, 9 Go or something. Uh, you can go and watch it on there, guys. I would highly, highly advise you go and watch all three apps. We'll be reviewing all of them. You might want to watch all three, then come back and listen to my review so I don't ruin it for you. But I would highly advise uh, that you all go and watch uh, the Penrith Panthers, their documentary series that has come out called All The Way, documenting their journey to back-to-back premieres uh, in season 2022. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.